Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. What we're dealing with here is a total lack of respect for the law. You're listening to Done By Law, brought to you by the Federation of Community Legal Centres. Good evening, it's 6.01 and you're listening to Done By Law on 3CR 855 AM and streaming on 3cr.org.au and on 3CR Digital. You're here with Marissa, Ingrid and Beth is on tech support and we've got something in the studio today. It looks like the Aboriginal flag. Aha, uh-huh, it's the Aboriginal flag but I'm holding it up. Upside down. Wow. <laughs> With the red on top and the black on the bottom. Um, and that's actually being used at the moment in protest by some people. But funnily enough, the creator of the flag, Harold Thomas, originally had it up this way and then decided to flip it around so it was more unsettling with the heavy black on the top. Also to... Um, to symbolize um, the Aboriginal people on the red land. So that's the way it is now with the black on top. But people are flipping it over. And anyone know why? Can you tell us why? I don't know. I think Ingrid might know. Well, my understanding is it's some kind of protest, and I think that's why we're having this session tonight. Yeah. So, in 1996, Indigenous artist Harold Thomas secured his copyright in the design of the Aboriginal flag, a design he created in the 1970s. Last year, he reassigned these rights to Wham Clothing, a controversial company whose director is associated with selling fake Indigenous art. A few months ago, the cease and desist notices started arriving. Clothing the Gap, the clothing brand of Spark Health Australia, received their notice on the 6th of June 2019, which sparked their campaign to put pride before profit and to free the flag. That was just a pun I couldn't resist. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this evening on Done by Law, we're joined by Robin Ayres, CEO of Arts Australia, Arts Law, a community legal centre for artists across Australia, and Laura Thompson, Managing Director of Spark Health Australia. Robin, um, just to start with you, um, what's the effect of copyright on a design? Does it affect artistic or non-commercial use? No, it's um, basically the same whether or not it's a commercial or a non-commercial use. So when an artist creates a design... Um, they have rights over that design and they've got the right to reproduce the design, to publish it um, on products that are for sale and also to communicate that design, put it on the internet or on broadcast like TV or radio if it's um, I mean, that can be broadcast over the radio. And so it, um, 
they're, they're the rights, and it doesn't really matter what the context is. There are a couple of exceptions, but the artist owns, owns the copyright and owns those rights. So um, what sort of uses would fall outside that, if any? There's a, there are exceptions. There are a few different exceptions. One of the exceptions, one group of exceptions is called fair dealing, and they're for doing things like criticism and review, reporting the news, parody and satire, and research and study. So they're quite defined um, uses that are allowed, and um, the... The artist, if they've made that artistic work, they can't actually stop people using them in that way. Um, there are also a couple of other exceptions. One is incidental use in a film um, that's allowed. So there, there are a few minor, few exceptions, um, and the aim of those exceptions are to allow the freedom of um, of expression or freedom of access to information that people need for certain purposes, like getting access to the news. Right, so it doesn't matter if it's commercial or non-commercial, if it's, it doesn't fall under those exceptions, then copyright would um, protect it from that usage. That's right. Yeah. So um, just a question for Laura. Um, what, how is the Aboriginal flag used today? I think people use it in lots of ways to express their cultural identity Um, and for non-Indigenous people they often wear it to sort of um, show their allegiance and support of um, First Nations people in this country. So I think when people um, wear or display the Aboriginal flag um, it holds an enormous amount of meaning to them. And what's been the impact of the um, copyright now being enforced in this way um, for Spark Health? Australia or um, other organisations or Clothing the Gap, your clothing brand? Yeah, so like personally when we first uh, received our cease and desist, um, we had three days to sell all of our products bearing the Aboriginal flag, um, which the community got behind us and, you know, we sold out of stock. Um, we no longer sell um, items with Aboriginal flags on them anymore. But this um, Free the Flag movement, I guess it's not about us anymore and us being able to sell a T-shirt. It's much bigger than that. Um, and it's about um, Aboriginal people being able to wear their flag without having to ask for permission and without having to pay. Yeah. And um, Robin, what kinds of challenges do artists have with navigating copyrights in general? So it's interesting to hear what um, Laura has to say because I'm just thinking about that. There's nothing... Um, so one of the rights that the copyright owner has is to either sell their copyright or give someone permission to use their copyright. So all artists have these rights. And so there's nothing, I mean, so the artist has the right to provide a license to someone to use their copyright, which is what Harold Thomas has done. And there's nothing to stop, you know, uh, someone actually acquiring those rights for a fee. So it's just really about um, the artist asserting their rights, um, which they have under Australian law. Uh, And... Unfortunately, in this case, it's involving something that's got such huge community and, and symbolic um, ramifications, but it is a work that was created by Harold Thomas and he does have the copyright in that work. Um, I guess like in terms of a nation, though, the most public pieces of public property are flags and logically there's inherent cont- um, contradiction that the flag's privately owned 
Um, one would argue that you know Indigenous people are being discriminated against as the only race in the world that don't have free access to a symbol that they can that recognises them, and that we have to pledge our allegiance to a piece of private property. And this is really what the Free the Flag movements are about now. Um, when we look at the flag, I think we have to be um, honest when we look at it and think: is it a piece of art or is it a symbol and a flag? And and I guess it's it's sort of both really and that's one of the difficulties in this situation so Robin um, in 1995 the Aboriginal flag was recognised as a flag of Australia under the Flags Act 1953 so how does this if at all affect its copyright status? Well it doesn't really Uh, in 1995 when it was uh, proclaimed one of the flags of Australia uh, it was before the point of the federal court actually uh, making a judgment that Harold Thomas was the copyright owner of the design. So it was proclaimed as the flag of Australia. Um, Similarly, actually, the um, Torres Strait Islander flag has also been proclaimed as a flag of Australia, and the copyright ownership of that um, rests with the Torres Strait Island Regional Authority. Uh, so it's a sort of quasi-government authority uh, that you know has the ownership of that flag, and and that was done under a competition. So it was proclaimed as a flag, and then it was then subsequent to that, uh, Harold Thomas then uh, went to the court seeking a declaration that he was actually the copyright owner in the flag. And a couple of other people came forward and contested that. But after hearing um, a lot of evidence and it's a very long judgment, the judge concluded that Harold Thomas was able to show that he actually was the designer of the flag. So it's a very, very unusual situation. I don't know of any other situation like it in the world um, where you do have a private individual having the copyright ownership in the design of a flag that's been proclaimed as an, a flag of the country. Mm. Yeah, Robin, it is very unusual, and this is what Laura was saying earlier about an inherent contradiction in um, in those two concepts. But Laura, have you had um, a good response to the campaign so far? Yeah, um, the Aboriginal communities jumped on board, and um, and look, the whole community's jumped on board with over fifty thousand, or well, close to fifty thousand signatories um, to make a change around this um i think the community and lots of people didn't realize that the flag actually had a copyright over it and now that um wham sort of um asserting their licensee rights it's not just us that's been affected and we're hearing more and more stories of local grassroots community members and teams and organizations who are having to play um a licensing fee to put the flag on their uniforms um, and the sad thing about that is they're um, now deciding that they don't want to pay the extra amount and they're removing the flags from their um, from their merchandise. And that's certainly not what we want to see is less black flags in the world. Yeah. I think there was a news story even today. Someone had, had an Indigenous health organisation yeah. in Queensland having to pay 2200 2, I think, was it, for having the flag on their... Um, 
shirts that they gave away at their health events? So it's 20%. Mm. That's what they reported. Right. Um, and they were a non-for-profit health organisation. Um, they were approached Wham Clothing and um, they said that they got the amount reduced to 15% and then they had to sign a confidentiality clause um, about those amounts. Um, so they just removed the flag altogether. Mm. And the copyright has been there for a while, but um, it's only recently it's being asserted in this way. And I think the controversy around who's being who's got the um, rights at the moment, the, the controversy around mm. that company and the history of that company, um, do you think that's got some impact in the community feeling around this issue? I think people are questioning Harold's motivation, um, given that he's right to choose whoever he wants to licence his company. Why did he choose Wham Clothing when one of the directors was found guilty of importing fake art? Like, that certainly didn't win him any friends or favours or supporters in this debate around um, the copyright issue. Yeah. Um, and the Free the Flag campaign, you mentioned there was a petition that mm. I've got quite a few signatures. That's already had um, one success with a motion in the Senate mm. um, on the 1st of August. Uh, and among other things, it calls on the federal government to do everything they can. This is what the motion said. Yeah. Everything they can to ensure that all First Nations peoples and communities can use the flag whenever they want without cost or the need for consent. So um, I might ask Robin first, what kinds of things could the federal government do in this case? It's a bit tricky because um, Harold Thomas has given an exclusive licence to um, certain companies, including Wham Clothing and also to um, to the Carol and Richardson um, who have the right to actually manufacture the flag. Uh, so having given that exclusive licence, uh, it's quite... That means that that's to the He's given that licence to allow them to make uses of the flag to the exclusion of everyone else, including himself. So it would really, to some extent, depend on the how long that licence is for, um, what could be done, and, uh, and it might be subject to however long that licence goes for. But... I mean, one of the things the government could do is then subsequently negotiate with Harold Thomas um, about having certain rights to uses of the design, whether it be for the flag or um, other uses. I mean, the other other thing is to um, that the government, I think, has already said they wouldn't do it, but is to actually buy the copyright in the flag. Um, one of the issues, though, in relation to that is that this is... And it would be an important income stream for Harold Thomas. He would be receiving a certain amount of royalties from these licensing deals that he's done. And, you know, we've seen other examples of government sort of buying copyright from an Aboriginal artist. I can think of the Namajira case where the, the copyright was acquired by the public trustee and sold to a non-Indigenous person. So there's kind of, uh, a, I suppose, a reluctance to to go down that path. But, I mean, really, that's what the only thing the government could do is to acquire the rights um, and it would have to pay for them. And how about you, Laura? What would you say are some of the things that federal government could do? Um Look, I'm not all over it, but yeah. we're trying to explore all different avenues and I agree with Robin that perhaps they, that we can pay for the, the licence and pay out the licensees and the, um, 
and Harold for the copyright. Um, but that's Harold would have to agree to sell the copyright. Mm. That's the first thing. The other thing um, is we're exploring avenues, what um, powers the Governor-General has under the Flags Act um, to issue warrants and establish rules, um, different rules to, for the use of the proclaimed flag. Um, and in looking at other parts of law, such as implied copyright, um, you know, the Aboriginal people have been using the flag for 48 years um, and only now has the copyright started to be um, asserted. So we've got a quite a few... This is like a copyright lawyer's dream job. <laughs> so I have lots of people putting their hands up wanting to support us in this because, you know, whatever the decision is, this will be a landmark decision, um, you know, for for Australia in terms of copyright and design. Yeah. And um, hasn't it been tried before that... the the federal government did attempt to buy the flag, uh, the, the rights to the Aboriginal flag at some point? I'm not sure. Do you know that? Um, I'm not aware of that. Yeah, mm. I think I... Anyway, um, we're just going to go to a music break now and we'll come back and chat some more. So thanks, Robin and um, Laura. Question or doubt in your highness, you're a beautiful bee in your beautiful brown skin. Melon the poppin' or stopping your flight. Black queen, no question or doubt in your highness. You're a beautiful bee in your beautiful brown skin. Hey, hello queen with that brown skin and that deep mind that I could drown in. Honestly, I loved hearing all your poetry. I really paid attention even though the flow was free. She likes listening to Lauren Hill. They're killing me softly. Be bumping from Lauren Steele. If I rule the world, everything is everything. Watch how sister act when you play that thing. She's so real, yeah, so chill. Don't care about material things, no big deal. She's strong, intelligent, bronzed in excellence. I touch of elegance and no more. She's a black queen. Melon up, up and no stopping your flyness. Black queen, no question, no doubt in your highness. You're a beautiful bee in your beautiful brown skin. Melon up, up and no stopping your flyness. Black queen, no question, no doubt in your highness. You're a beautiful bee in your beautiful brown skin. Yeah. There's something special about a black woman. There's nothing stronger than a black woman. Big love to water queens that I've had in my life. Even through the darkest nights, you always show me the light. They let me know we have to really praise our sisters. This sex is what we're living is the man and their resistance. So brothers, let's be better. And make sure to love our women till forever. Now keep your head up and go ahead, queen, go ahead. Hey, God is a black woman. Damn right, she's strong, intelligent, bronzed in excellence. I touch a veil against her, no more. She's a black queen. Let all insecurities fall and wash them away. You're powerful, that's you. Ain't no one to say yeah. And you're so dripping in gold. Let your light in the darkness show I just want to let you know You are appreciated Melon the poppin' no stopping your flyness Black queen, no question, no doubt in your highness You're a beautiful bee In your beautiful brown skin 
Smelling the popping, no stopping your flight. Black queen, no question, no doubts in your height. You're a beautiful being in your beautiful brown skin. There's nothing stronger than a black woman. Hey, nothing stronger than a black woman. There's nothing stronger than a black woman. Go ahead, queen. Go Good evening, you're listening to Done by Law, 3CR, 855am, 3cr.org.au and 3CR Digital. It's 6.20 and we're talking about the copyright in the Aboriginal flag. We're speaking with Robin from Robin Ayres, CEO of Arts Law, and Laura Thompson, Managing Director of Spark Health Australia, who um, run the clothing brand Clothing the Gap. And that was Brown Skin by Philly, and that was Laura's choice. How come you chose that song for us to play? Um, so Philly will um, be playing at our Free the Flag fundraiser. Um, he's also someone who's been behind the Clothing the Gap campaign from the very beginning. And um, I just really like the song and um, I often play that for myself <laughs> when I need a bit of love. And, you know, he wrote that song for in support of all the black women in his life to show his love and appreciation for all that they do. Yeah, and what's the Clothing the Gap campaign in general? Um, so um, when we started Clothing the Gap, 100% of the profits of Clothing the Gap support our health promotion um, work in Aboriginal communities in Victoria. So from the very beginning, Philly sort of put his hand up to, to model for us. Yeah. yeah. And that music video is great. Um, yeah. There's lots of Aboriginal flags in it, people <laughs> wearing the T-shirts. So I thought... Um, um, the, part of the Free the Flag campaign as well has um, some T-shirts which now don't have the Aboriginal flag on them but have sort of artistic takes on it. So, for example, a flag that says Free the Flag in the colours of the Aboriginal flag and another um, T-shirt that says Always, Was, Always, Will Be kind of following the design of the flag. So how does that kind of takes riffs off a design work in terms of copyright? Um are there issues with music videos having the Aboriginal flag in it or T-shirts that have designs that are not the flag but similar, Robin? Yeah, there could be some problems uh, with the, the T-shirts where the designs are very much based on the design of the flag. Uh, we have, um, if you use an insubstantial amount of a design... That is okay, but when you use a substantial part, then that is considered to be a copyright infringement, even if you don't use the whole um, of the design. So it's quite hard to say what is and what isn't a substantial amount, but basically what a court would do would be look at the two works side by side. They'd look at the flag, they'd look at the... Um, say one of the t-shirt designs always was always will be in the sort of colors and the um, arrangement of the flag and say all right well is the the always was always will be is that substantially the similar to or substantially the same or is it a substantial part of the flag does it um, take an important or a vital part of the flag design and reproduce it and if the answer to that question is yes then it probably is a copyright infringement. So, and then, so that's not in terms of just the clothing, and then it's reproduced again in the video. So it's sort of like a double reproduction um, because it's reproduced on the clothing, reproduced in the film. 
Um, and then there's another T-shirt there where it's just a, it's the flag design, but it's got some uh, sort of patterning on it. And again, that would probably be substantial, considered a substantial reproduction. So it's quite, you know, difficult. The thing is you can get permission, of course, you could try to get permission to make these sort of riffs on the design, but it's not allowed under the Copyright Act if it is a substantial reproduction. So it's actually quite far-ranging. And, and how does you know fair use or commentary kind of come into this, Robin? We don't have a fair use um, exception. Um, we have what's a parody and satire, but that would be very hard for that to fall within that exception. Uh, so... America um, has this fair use exception which allows for um, uh, transformative use of works. But nevertheless, even in that case, you can't really rely on fair use if you're doing something which is actually going to not be fair. And that means not often if it's taking away from a direct income stream that the, the work would have. So making a, a reproduction which is substantially similar um, would probably not even be allowed under fair use. Um, I mean, that's arguable. So appropriation art in Australia in general has got a bit of a difficult time because if you know if you are taking something and making a, a reproduction which is you know uh, takes a substantial part, then that's not allowed under the Australian Copyright Act unless you've got permission. And Robin, you mentioned use of colour. I mean, when we think of the Aboriginal flag, we think of the, the yellow, the red and the black, which is sort of quintessentially, you know, what it is and what it symbolises. Is it the case that those sorts of riffs on the design could could breach that just via the colours that they're using or would the law require something more? No, it would require something more. So, you know, if you had a T-shirt that had a, those colours in like a stripe pattern or some other arrangement... Um, that wouldn't be, a, I don't think that would be a problem. It's by placing, you know, if the text, if you have the, the black text where the, the black uh, band of colour would normally be and then you have text where the red band of colour would normally mm. be in red and then you have in the centre a yellow um, circle or yellow text which is substantially the same, that's when you've got a problem, when you look at the two um, images side by side. Yeah, potentially it could be. Um, we've spoken to our lawyers and they think that there was um, enough of the difference between the artwork when you compare the artwork side by side. But I think it's something that maybe, I don't know, a judge or someone else would have to determine. Um, but certainly he also said that um, uh, if you take that piece of art and move further back and take a photo, then it looks more like a flag. Um, so I don't know <laughs> how, how, to, how to play that. I mean, I certainly feel that um, the community really enjoying the always was, always will be um, and the Free the Flag um, logo at the moment because they're not feeling the same way about the Aboriginal flag. Um, we've got our Free the Flag logo avail available for free download on our website at the moment and what we're seeing is a whole lot of um, sporting teams from all across Australia replacing the flag with the Free the Flag logo until um, the government makes a decision on how they're going to handle this copyright issue. Yeah, so there's um, the event you mentioned um, before, Laura, where Philly is playing. More details about that event? Yeah, so it's on the 14th of September at Section 8 in Tattlesalls Lane in uh, Melbourne. So it's from 3pm to 
um, 1am. So we'll have a whole lot of um, a Black Nation lineup and headliners. Um, and we hope that people can come down and get around and support the Free the Flag movement. And um, Robin, you've shared a lot of expertise from arts law perspective. Um, how can people, artists, get in touch with arts law and what sort of things can you help people with? So probably the easiest way is to go to our website, artslaw.com.au. Uh, we've got a huge amount of information on our website, including a little information sheet we've done on um, the right to use the Aboriginal flag, so getting permission, what they, people need to do, what they, people need to consider. And that, that's for the flag, but also for other getting permission to use other artworks. We give lots of um, legal advice, free legal advice to artists, First Nations artists and the rest of the arts community um, right across the country. There's an um, online query form that people can lodge. So, you know, we've, we're there for Australia's artists. And if this um, issue has riled you up and you really want to be part of this um, really unique uh, campaign, I think, which is trying to push the rights for people to um, use the flag and use symbolism, which is meaningful for them, in the way that they have been using um, and trying to find a way through that um, even despite the copyright law in Australia, come along to the event on Section 8 mm. um, on Friday next... No, Friday the 14th. 14th, so a couple of weeks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do we need to buy tickets or can we just no, rock up? just rock up. Um, yeah, it's a pretty awesome. funky venue. Yeah. yeah. Um, so thanks very much. You've been listening to Done by Law and um, Voice of West Papua is coming up next. And thanks, Robin and Laura. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.